Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen? How do I make money off my podcast? The answer to every one of those questions is real simple, and it's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free, and it's really easy to use. And now, Anchor can even match you with great sponsors who want advertising your podcast. That means you can get paid right off, right off the bat. And in fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I'm getting paid, baby. And it's real easy. So if you always want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast. different experiences that I had growing up but here's the thing it would be fair for just tell these stories from my point of view so what I'm gonna do once I finish the whole background thing I'm gonna come back and uh, hopefully get a few of my friends to to join us and give their uh, tell their stories some so good, some not so good, you know. But the whole thing is to show you the evolution, you know, the growth. And uh, things are pretty, pretty interesting. Because a lot of stuff they remember, I don't remember, you know. And their views on certain situations is quite different to mine. So. With that being said, we're gonna move on to the second paragraph of my background. Um, there you go, sir. It says, I served my country proudly for 10 years, which included being in Operation Desert Storm and being a police officer, Navy police, security, or whatever. While in the Navy, I had the honor of becoming a Mason in the Blue Lodge. My time as a Mason in the Blue Lodge taught me that serving my community was indeed an obligation. It was a valuable lesson to help me further, to help to further guide my path towards giving back to the community. Okay, let's talk about my teen years in the Navy. My first duty station was Yakuska, Japan. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was different. That was a shock, you know. 
and I didn't I didn't approach it correctly. You know, I didn't uh, sightsee enough. I didn't take enough pictures and just document my stay. Yeah, I was too busy drinking and doing dumb shit. Passing out on the goddamn taxi stop. Just a whole bunch of ignorant shit. That's because I was, I was in culture shock. Shock of being in the damn Navy. Like, how the hell did I get here type shit? You know, I just, young man, I didn't take advantage of it. Like I should have. You know, uh, second duty station was uh, San Diego. That was pretty nice, I love California. So I left the uh, USS Bunker Hill CG-52 when I was in Yokosuka, Japan. And uh, that was uh, that was a good ship. You know, I can tell you earlier, man, I've been Desert Storm, Desert Shield, Kuwait Liberation. Uh, but then when I got to the States, I thought all that shit was over. They were lying ass detailers, you know. Nah, you're gonna be going this much. Your state side is different. So I get there and I'm on the Chancellorville CG 62. Right? And as soon as I get there, we're going to goddamn Operation Southern Watch. So I'm like, damn, this is so fucked up. But, I mean, it's a Navy. It's supposed to be out at sea. You know, so. But, I mean, San Diego, like I said, San Diego was cool. Being on Chancellorville was cool, because I met a lot of real good friends. That's like people that I'm still friends with today. We went to Australia, Hawaii, all these different places, man. It was, it was pretty damn, pretty damn cool. And let's see, then after San Diego, I went to shore duty, and that was in Seal Beach, Seal Beach, California. That's when I was uh, Navy police. Went to, uh, I guess, security school in San, uh, San Antonio. And then when I was in San Antonio, that's when I first, uh, like, uh, found out about, about the Masons or whatever. But I didn't join them. What I should have. But I didn't. But, um, let me see. Oh, uh, yeah, so we went back to Seal Beach after San Antonio. Then um, me and Tanya started having our little marital issues. And um, we separated. She went back to, to uh, Houston. I was still in Seal Beach, between Long Beach and Huntington Beach, California. And basically, I just got so depressed, man. I was like, man, I need to like be around my daughter, you know, because my oldest was a couple of years, a couple of years, 
on here, so I would have done. So what I did, I called the detailer and found out, well actually it was a, um, a paid officer that, that had that position there at the, at the weapon station. And I was asking her about doing swaps and all that. How did that work? It just so happened, a guy that was in uh, Corpus wanted to come to California so he could be closer to his wife. And we basically had a similar amount of time remaining on our, on our little contract or whatever. Same rate, rank. It was really perfect. So we wound up swapping, and I was leaving. And while I was packing up, about to hit the road, the detailer, she finds me. She's like, whatever you do, don't answer your phone. I'm like, uh, okay. Like, why not? Well, the guy that you swapped with, he doesn't want to come. I'm like, why not? What he, what he found out was, when he told his wife that he was coming up here, you know, she had to break that news to him that, well, you can come, but uh, I got busted down to an E3, and I'm going to be on restriction on a ship. Because she got caught having sex with an officer on the ship. <laughs> like right before the dude decided to come. So she had no choice but to tell us what would happen. So, you know, he was all distraught, you know, not wanting to follow through with it. But the only way that would happen is he would have to make contact with me. And luckily my detailer gave me a heads up, and I never answered the phone. But you better believe that joker called me several times a day for a long time. I guess he finally stopped calling when he found out it was too late. That once I checked in, there was nothing he could do. So, but on my way to Corpus, that's when the whole thing happened with Selena. You know, and I'm like, man, what the hell did I got myself into? They down there killing down entertainers and shit. And so I was like, this is going to be crazy in Corpus Christi. And I get down there, I check in. And it wasn't, wasn't too bad at all. It was pretty slow. But there, again, I met some good people, people I'm still friends with today. But uh, in Corpus is where I became part of a Masonic Lodge. That's what pretty much led me down the path of community service. You know, I don't talk about it much. Cause I, one, I'm not active right now. It's because of time constraints. You know, once I retire, top few loose, end, loose ends, I'll get back into it. Cause it's really good. It was really good for me. But I still use a lot of. Uh, symbolism and stuff from the Masonic Lodge, you know. 
like uh, even in my even in my name on the podcast, you know, you can see the uh, the E is switched around to a three. You know, and that's some symbolic. You know, for the Masonic Lodge. You know, but that being three degrees in it. So that's what the three, three means. Having basically three levels of a mason. You know, and if you want to know all the levels, I suggest you get your ass on Google. You can find out plenty of stuff. Yeah. But those, those are, those are some of the things that, that I use for the Masonic Lodge. You know, the way I view um, service to your community came from my influence in the, uh, in the Masonic Lodge. So it um, really helped me, man. It helped me a lot. And I know people think it's like the Illuminati and all that. But I haven't I haven't found that that chapter. <laughs> Those folks. You know. But um man it it can be pretty uh beneficial if you're out and about meet folks and they find out that you're Mason and, and that you're legit. It, it can be some favors, you know, passed back and forth. But I've worked, I've worked for a guy that was pretty high up in his Masonic Lodge. And um, even though the lodges themselves were segregated, Prince Hall, three letter versus four letter and all that shit until a few years back, which is crazy. After all the hundreds of years, a few years back, they you know, gave permission that it was okay for us to lodge, you know, you know, communicate with each other and have meetings together and all that type of stuff. But even before that, he, uh, he never showed any difference between the two, you know. We did a lot for each other, man, on the square. And um, it was pretty cool, but I never, I haven't met anybody that that's on a level of where you hang out with them, you, you're a damn, uh, <laughs> yeah, damn millionaire now, shit, you know. <laughs> but. I've had some favors done, and I've done some favors. So, so it's, it's a pretty good deal. And I enjoyed it, and I'm proud of it. Well, let's see where we're at now. We talked about the masonry, Blue Lodge, how it helped me learn how to give back to the community. So, after my 
the Navy. I got the, okay, I was in Corpus. And, uh, shit, I was in Corpus for four years, almost five years. And shit. Yeah, close to five years. You know, I went to damn, uh, Nueces County, the, uh, Peace Officer Academy, like the Reserve Officer Academy, at night. You know, while I was still in the Navy, and that's where I got my Peace Officer license. You know, but I got burned out of the whole police shit before I got out. So my dumb ass is like, nah, I ain't gonna be the police no more. I'm gonna go get a real job. So I, might, I go over to H-E-B in the warehouse and I do the order selector. And for those of you who don't know, you know, order selector, you get on the, uh, on the forklift and you have the little wrist, computer thing on your wrist and it tells you where to go. And you have a little scanner on your hand and you scan all the different food products, put them on a the pallet, and you're stacking them high, because they're all supposed to go to one place. You wrap them in the plastic, and you do that the whole night. But the problem is, you know, that during that time, it was at the height of my problems with my back. So we're in the damn freezer, doing this order selecting shit, well, my back is like killing me. It's cold, you know, because I had arthritis and shit. So that was awful. That was just like the worst. So that quickly made me realize like, uh, I'm not the regular job type of guy. And so I'm looking through the uh, Texas Work Workforce Commission website. And then I see this job at the Harris County Fire Marshal's office. And all you needed was your, uh, Either your peace officer license or your inspector's license. But also, if you didn't have either one, they would give you a year to get it. So, but my goofy ass had waited so long, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't, uh, I didn't do my training. Nobody had my license. I didn't do any training. So, my license expired. You know, but they gave you three opportunities to challenge the test without having to go back to the academy. And man, let me tell you, challenging that test was like the worst. That shit was so hard. First time I failed it. You know, second time I'm like, I mean, I studied and studied and studied and still only made a 70. You know, that's how difficult and how much material that stuff is. So I got that, and I got hired at the fire marshal's office, and initially started out, first couple of weeks, it was pretty good, because I was training, but it was like once I got what they perceived was enough training, they told me to come back tomorrow night, 10 o'clock or some shit. 
so you can work. I think I'm gonna have a partner. You know, everything's gonna be everything. How'd I get there? This motherfucker gives me a badge, beeper, and a key map. And tells me, good luck. I'm like, man, what? The hell am I do with this book? I didn't know what a goddamn key map was. Now that's how you learn how to get to the fires. Like, man, nobody never showed me how to use this. So what am I supposed to do with this page? Are they gonna see an address of the fire and a key map number? Oh my god. So I had no fucking idea what the hell I was doing. You know. But like here you go. Good luck. Then after that day, for the next five years, six years, it was all downhill. I went through so much shit over there. It was, it was pretty bad. And, uh, and eventually I'll get to it and let y'all know exactly what I went through. But it wasn't the best situation, man. Yeah, those five years were rough. Yeah, I did a lot of drinking, had a lot of bad habits. And I, I got out the Navy at like 189 pounds. Fairly in shape, lifting, running. But after those five years, I weighed 387 pounds. That's when I actually had the courage to get on the scale. But I had already been trying to lose weight, so I was already, I was definitely way over 400 pounds. So when I finally got the balls to get on the scale, I had lost a few pounds, so I was 387. All right. So, that's what those first five years did to me. I was on um, medication for antidepressants, antidepressants, um, borderline diabetic, borderline hypertensive, you know, everything that comes with being overweight. It was just horrible, man. So, but we'll get into that. Just not today. So, that's a little bit more about me. I have a few more paragraphs in this little one-pager I got written. So, I just want to give you all a little glimpse of who, who I am, what I'm about. And then once I get into more detail, I may give you a clear picture as to why I believe the things I believe. You know, why I'm so critical of people that say and do certain things. You know, but y'all know the drill. So, till next time, be good. Be good at what you do. Be safe. One.